If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Yes, you are. Are you, um, are you pulling our, our, that half and half intro again? Yeah, I think that worked. And actually, I think, I think what I'm going to do, I got to charge this so I can read my story. Um, I think what I'm going to do is just add it into the, um, intro music. And so it's just one file that I pull in each time. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> technology. Duh. <laughs> this is our technology noise. <laughs> I understand. Here we go. <laughs> Let me go stand in front of your camera so you can take a picture, not take a picture of me while you take a selfie. Such <laughs> 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 <Just> a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I forget that when I start drinking, I get hot. So I had like all these blankets. Thinking I'm going to be cold and now I'm you sweating. You haven't even started yet. That's the thing. I know. You have even started. It's worst. <laughs> all right. Do we have, um, let me think one more time, whether we have postmortem. Do oh, you have anything? Oh, well, let's, I mean, do, let's, let's do this first of all. Do you want to go ahead and start? Oh, right, right now? And then we can just talk about yeah sure why not? whatever i mean this is totally like i'm like what did i talk about last week no i know what i talked about last week i yeah. know what happened last week i remember okay. what happened last week. <laughs> okay <laughs> well let's go ahead and start with the hi marleo hi patrice <laughs> how are you fine we were almost like just going ahead and starting i feel like a natural beginning before like actually like doing our little intros to ourselves that's what i was doing i was totally just moving on ahead i gotta yeah. move this hold on which is fine okay cool yeah get it you know and it has the little tighten up deal so yeah. if you need to like this is me fucking with my microphone yeah we're still trying to work out i don't i don't problems. talk appropriately into my microphone <laughs> we've determined that i make patrice's job a lot harder <laughs> <laughs> because I get if there's anybody in the room, see it's sad because our guest chair is empty today. Oh, we've I know. had Susan and we've had bartender Courtney and absolutely. So like, now we have no. I should have called Chad. Boxman Chad can come. Oh, I'm cool. gonna see if Boxman Chad can come. But like it's we've gotten used to having like an audience and then when, <laughs> when one person audience, one person audience, which is really all I'm super comfortable with, and. um and so then, like, I tell these stories, and I'm like, you know, leaning in, and right. I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm talking to the person instead of this the machine mic, here thing. Right. So yes. um, we'll have to make drinking. them like sit in front of you next. Like they they can sit in between like, us, right at my face. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'll talk to the back of their heads, and they can just like stare at you, and you can talk straight <laughs> to them. And I would feel most comfortable with that. All I can think of with that is like people who are in those films that like has animation and human people where you have to like talk to the doll because they're going to like cover it with animation oh, later. Right. It's like you can be my placeholder. Absolutely. <laughs> you keep my face in the right spot. 
Speaking of dolls, Ooh. what a good lead-in. That was un- completely unintentional. I know also. it was. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I- I'm curious how many people would have heard. I don't know how many people would have listened all the way through to the very... I always listen after the crickets for most podcasts because there's these little Easter eggs. Right. Um, um, and, and I try to do like if we say something or if I say something totally stupid or if something crazy happens, that was just kind of a funny clip. I try to like include it at the end. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> and so this will be our postmortem. So that night at about 1140 or so, I am sitting alone in the dark <laughs> in my computer room, which my computer room, I think, you know, it is just a mess. So it's like I'm sitting amongst all this mess with my shadows, shadows, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Shadows and like the lone light hitting my face. And I got my headphones on. Oh, this so is I can poetic. Hear mm-hmm. Absolutely everything. Well, I'm setting the stage for you here. <laughs> so I can hear absolutely everything. I don't know where my husband or my son is at this time, but it's like, we, ha- we live in a pretty big house, so they could be, like, on the other side of the moon for, you know, <laughs> for all intents and purposes here. But I'm sitting there, and, like, a minute and 30 seconds or so into it, I'm hearing us talk about the doll that I have, the creepy doll that I have with her little creepier baby doll. Mm-hmm. And we've already had an incident which I really didn't think too much about. I just thought it was kind of funny that I took a video of the little bait, the doll's baby doll and posted it because it did this weird kind of melt off the screen um, on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's kind of weird and creepy. I'll post that. So I didn't really think about that. So we're sitting here and we like in full Mardi Gras regalia, like mask and beads and feathers all over the place and the dolls are sitting right next to Marleya and I've got the big baby doll her little baby doll and a um sadness sadness that my friend Brandon gave to me and so they're over there sitting by Marleya and when we were like first came in we like had all these packages and we were like undoing them and unwrapping and there was trash like over there sitting on top of the baby doll and so we're starting to talk about the dolls, which I know Marley is already a little bit uncomfortable sitting next to the doll. Which I was. was totally a setup. And I'm we sorry. need to also, there was more of a setup there too, because you'd put the mask that you got for me to wear yes. on that goddamn doll. <laughs> and so. <laughs> and while I was putting the mask on the doll, I was chuckling. This is kind of my little petty revenge against Marleya for telling all those <laughs> fucking horribly scary ass stories that kept me up for nights because oh, I kept yeah. replaying the scenes in my head. That was an amazing, that was an amazing payback because I had to lift her head and, and her, take something from her. Yes. And her head is freaking heavy. It's it unusually is. like weird. It's like she's you, made of wrought iron up top right. or something. She is so heavy. You don't top. expect that weight to be pushing back on you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I was, when I was putting it on her, I was like going, I'm sorry. Cause I was pulling her hair and everything. Um, so anyway, there's like this, a bunch of um, loose plastic and stuff over them. And so we were talking about it again, like very quickly into this while I'm listening to the sound because I had some sound difficulties and I knew I was going to have to fix. And so when she takes the paper off, you hear this and I'm like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) So I stop it. 
I'm like, because several of us were talking, there were several people in the room at the time. And so I rewind it and like the hairs on the back of my neck and arms just kind of like stand on end and I play it again and I hear it again. I'm like, okay, it's like, I was like, okay, maybe I breathed into the mic because I was breathing really hard that episode. Um, last week, I don't know why, but I felt like I was given a book report. I was so nervous. Really? I really was. I was like almost hyperventilating over here trying no to, way. Trying to like, I don't know what it was though. It's it, like, maybe I was, it was the passion fruit juice. It, I was like, it may those have been, hit me hard that they day. did. Those hurricanes <laughs> were no joke. So, um, so anyway, so I hear it again. I was like, okay, so we have like two separate mics. We have two separate inputs. So I was like, let me listen to each input separately. Mm -hmm. So I listened to my mic at that time period and I hear Marleya talking, saying what she was saying and I don't hear anything. Oh my God. And then I switch it over to Marleya's mic and it's louder and it's like, (sighs) And as soon as she mistakable. Yeah. And it's as soon as she removes the plastic off the doll and I'm like, holy fuck, how do I clip this out and send it to Marlea? And I really should like include the text exchange that happened within the next 15 minutes. You really should. You just screenshot that and put it up. Absolutely. Um, because mm. I like, you know, saved it out and, you know, sent it as a message over to Marlea who got it instantly. And uh. And from, <laughs> for somebody who has said she's never had an incident, I think you had your first incident. I think that might be it. Cause I, I can't explain it. I can't either. And I, at first I was just like, oh, well, I mean, there were several of us in the room and I'm thinking, well, maybe this is before season took off. And then Courtney listened to it too. And she's like, no, this was after season took off. And I was like, well, maybe it was Patrice. And then you told me what you told me about the other thing. And, and plus you could hear you too. I was having talk- a conversation. Was, you yeah, were talking, talking. When it happened, and so was I. That was mm-hmm. the thing. It was like everybody was talking. Nobody yeah. was breathing. There was nobody here to make that noise. Absolutely, and, and it was only on one mic. I was. I'm a little. Fl- I mean, seriously, like the hair on my spine is like standing straight up right now, just sitting because I'm like I can feel. I'm like on my left is where this thing was. This is why you'll notice. You, uh, you probably don't notice because they're kind of like nondescript. I looked for my like grease grease stone that Brandon brought me back from New Orleans like oh, several years ago this morning. Yeah. I couldn't find it, but I've got like my Hamsa ring on. I was like, surely this provides some protection. I've got like this pendant oh. that my Wiccan like brother, my brother's like Wiccan ex girlfriend gave me in college. So I'm like. Okay, I am protected from yeah. this thing. Well, you know, if you want to burn some sage, um, I'm all about we, that. We should maybe just keep, I'll buy some. We'll just keep some down, down here. here. I'm going to go to Golden Temple down in uh, Birmingham, get us some some smudging packets. And, right. Yeah. Because damn, that was really, and I played it like, you don't, you know, when you originally texted it to me, you're mm-hmm. like, listen with headphones. You don't even have to listen with headphones. Oh, no, you don't. Like, it is there. It is absolutely clear. Because I was in the car driving to Rome, Georgia, and playing it for everybody in the car. Mm-hmm. And like, all the individual people, it's not, it's not a joke like that. Actually, yeah, we don't know where that came from. We don't know where it came from. And yeah, it was definitely not prefabricated by me because that's too much work and everybody knows how lazy I am. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was like, we texted back and forth about it. And then I'm like, I used to be afraid of Claudia, which is what Courtney named the doll last she week. Looks like because Claudia. she Yeah, because she looks like Claudia from Interview with a Vampire, the little Claire Danes, tiny baby vampire. Right. Claire Danes. Yeah, that was Claire Danes, right? No, 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 it, no, no, no. no. Uh, Kristen, 
Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. There we go. I was like, that's the way old brains work. Exactly. You have to make a noise. But yeah, because she looks like Kirsten Dunst. She's got like the ringlets and everything like that. Just a beautiful little thing. But I was like, it's not her. It's the other one. Yes. It's the baby baby. It's the melted baby video. Yes. So yes. anyway, so that was super exciting. Well, yeah. Well, you know, you didn't have to come down and get them and put them back up. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I don't have to live with them. And yeah. you can't get rid of them now because they'll punish you. So. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I think we have a decent relationship. Mm. I mean, I, I didn't. Of course, you know, when I came back down here, of course, I'm like freaking myself out. <laughs> right. You, you didn't know? come down here like that night when it was dark well, and there was no, no. <laughs> I was like, no but it doesn't matter because it looks like night anytime and of course mm, my mm-hmm. husband turns all the fucking lights off <laughs> in the basement so i'm like not only like in the dark by myself because the light's not conveniently like right when you come in the door mm-hmm. in this little apartment it is like all the fucking way across the room <laughs> so you have to like walk across the room to turn the light on and I've been leaving a light on simply so I don't have to do that, yeah. right? And, of course, it's off when I come down here. And so it's the middle of the day, and it's pitch dark. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you turn it on, and there I she did. is I looking did. at you. I did. And, you know, I talked to her, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm going to go put you back up. We're not going to disturb you anymore. Go back to sleep. We're cool. Mm-hmm. Let's be cool. <laughs> Let's be cool because we can't cool. handle uh, yeah. any more of that shit. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it's been fun. I haven't felt weirded out or anything. So Good. Well, I mean, she's been there for a long time. She has it's been not there like a long you know. Time. And you know, and you have talked about her. It's not like you don't know she's there. Oh, you don't yeah. think about it no, every once in a while. I look, yeah, I look at her every once in a while. Make sure she hasn't moved. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't live here. <laughs> Oh um, my god! But this mojito is almost gone. FYI, oh, I'm like this wow. whole this conversation about like my paranormal experience making you drink a little me, more. This got me. Yeah, I'm turning to drink. Yeah, because it's also really fucking good. It's just oh. a basic mojito. This is our drink of the of the Absolutely. week. Absolutely, it's our basic mojito with like you know, lots of like lime, chunked up mint. lime and mint and um, gorgeousness. Yes, it is delicious. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really. I mean, I love gin and tonics. I'm very much like I'll drink a Christmas tree. Uh, you know, that's, that's what it smells like to me. Uh, gin and it, tonics. It really does, actually. Gin has that weird sweet, like sweet smell. It's yeah. like aromatic. It yeah, it's very aromatic. Oh, what what else was I going to say? Oh yeah, so she's back up there. Well, the thing with the doll is, you know, she's very personal to me because my great aunt, who has hundreds of these freaky dolls, um, or had hundreds of these freaky dolls uh, in her house, uh, she gave her to me because she, that doll reminded her of me when I was a little girl because mm-hmm. I used to have like long strong strawberry blonde hair that did ringlets and stuff. Aww. And there's actually a picture of me because um, I think she's in a velvet blue. Um, yeah, she's wearing. I, I have yeah. a velvet blue uh, little dress. I think my mom made me that. I have a picture that we took in Vicksburg, Mississippi, when we lived there. Um, and it's very, to me, reminiscent of that doll. You which need I could, to. Can you can you post that? I or, could, yeah, I can try to find least, it. Share it with me because yeah. I want to see it now. I'm like, oh, cute baby Patrice. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's why. I mean, dolls freak me out. Period. But it was really a sweet, you know, because they're expensive freaking dolls. Yeah. Well, and especially whatever the hell she's made of. I mean, her head right. is gold inside or some shit. Absolutely. So. 
I would like you please to like will me that doll if anything ever happens to you because okay. your spirit's clearly just going to inhabit it's gonna it go and inhabit then I can it. just keep you around. And then then you'll be cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the baby though. Yeah, we'll have to talk. We'll have to work about that. All right. Um, let's see. So I don't know that I else? have So other... we talked about Oh, we we did like right afterwards which um Courtney piped up that um who's the voodoo priestess that lived right around the corner from um oh marie laveau yes Yes. we were wondering if maybe that she was part of the mob when all the stuff went down with the fire and yeah because it was all about like mistreatment of of like slave groups and everything i've actually spoiler read a little bit about marie laveau this week and uh it didn't say anything about that in particular but she like it was basically if anything happened in the free black or slave community in new orleans at that time she was in on it right so you know wow. there was probably something okay oh yeah um, yeah it's just you know, lived right around the corner how could you not with all I the know. commotion and everything going on i know i'd like i honestly i didn't know a lot about marie laveau um and then american horror story started right. people talked about it and i was like angela Bassett. she's oh like a goddess God. she is a goddess so i, I was you know i like i wanted to watch the show seriously like specifically, specifically because of that and yeah. she kills it her and kathy bates yes both. kathy bates is amazing amazing yes so. that, that was probably one of my favorite episodes um of it i'm sorry i'm thinking oh, seasons the seasons yeah uh, yeah yeah i didn't watch i mean <laughs> you Stevie's, just went into a reverie no i well i started making connections because um I was thinking American Horror Story, and then I was thinking about the freak show. Yeah. You know, we talked, and um, we, I'm going to talk to you this a little bit later. I'm, we're going to try to record maybe a listener lore yes. right, right after this. Oh, cool. And we'll talk about that because it is somewhat related. And, um, but yeah, sorry, that's where my brain went. Yeah, we had talked about, and I think we mentioned it last week that we were looking at doing like listener lore, where if people, you know, had their own stories or things that they thought were interesting, that yeah. they could, right you know, share us. it with us. Yeah. Yes. So um, we've got a couple people that might be on board to do that, like right away. So yay, yay, Hoorah. I know. I actually, now that you mentioned that, that um, at, during I meant to mention it last week during the. Um, when you were talking about the Muse Brothers, mm-hmm. I mentioned this uh, black and white film that because um, you were talking about the the town in Florida where, right. you know, everybody lives and everything like that. And I was like, this reminds me of that black and white film Gibson from town. whatever time. And um, the name of the film is Freaks. And it was in like 1932, I right. think, that it was filmed. It's kind of like the height of, yeah. of the sideshows. And it was absolutely like the film was like verboten. I mean, it was like apparently it was super dirty and the original version of it was never does not exist anymore when when oh. i researched it because i was like i should put this on the show notes and then i fucking didn't because i'm lazy but like <laughs> um it uh you can access and i i i'll try and find out where you can get it but you can access the edited version of the film it's fairly short um but it's like it's a story of sideshow freaks like actually being people you know right. having draw and it's the 30s so it's like super melodramatic and you know all this kind of shit but again brandon um right. shared it with me like years ago and uh yeah it's i i haven't watched it yet but maybe i will i'll try to so anyways if anybody was interested in that episode and like kind of following that rabbit hole i can put that on notes and stuff also and just mm-hmm. add it to that show's notes probably right yeah yeah no that's yeah we can like go back and add it after the fact um, I just realized that I'm kind of like sitting here breathing heavy into my mic. <laughs> Every time I make a sighing noise, I want to say like, I did that. Right. <laughs> that was me. That was not No you. one else is that here. Didn't, that didn't even sound like you. Y'all, seriously, 
go back, listen to episode 10, like the first two minutes, or either go to the very end where I isolate it. Um, it's like the last 10 seconds mm -hmm. of the show. Yeah, y'all do that. I'm never going to listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. I was like, yeah, that's probably the last time I'm listening to it again. Never, never again. Um, let's see, what else from last week? I don't think I learned anything. I, I've got some... Um, I got some very lovely and loving like notes last week um, because of what I talked about. Oh, absolutely. Um, about the uh, the upstairs lounge fire. So thank y'all for listening to that and being like super awesome. And yeah. Crying with us. I'm sorry I like yeah. made everybody weep on Mardi Gras. But you know, <laughs> if you didn't cry at that story, you're a heartless ass. <laughs> so you know, like you suck and you can go listen to something else. But um <laughs> But it was really good, and I was like, it and was. I didn't know about I it, and no it was not idea. eclipsed until like the. Um, it actually came out when the Pulse shooting happened in Orlando, right? Because it like up well, until then, from 1973 to then, that was the highest like that was the biggest LGBTQ crime like right. death toll in the country ever. Wow. So you know, I was like, yeah. And then there's Pulse, and everything sucks. Fuck. Right. So. Wow, I did it again. I'm great at this. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring everybody down. Have a mm, mojito. Have a mojito. Let's get depressed together. Do you <laughs> Do we have other things we need to talk about? I have to start this week and I promise to God that this is not the same type of story I told last week. Um no. I don't think I have anything. That was that was the big news. That was seriously big fucking that, news. That was seriously big fucking news. <laughs> that was life changing for me. <laughs> Marleya has her first experience. Yeah. Well, you know what's Ooh. weird is I spent the week like like communing with skeptics. It's <laughs> <laughs> like tell me this is there's happened. Like, there's tell a, me. There's a TED talk. Oh, I just that noise was me. Also, just so you know, I kicked my table. <laughs> You're gonna be like that was me. That was, that was me. me. <laughs> um, there's a TED talk by a woman named Carrie Poppy, who's like a comedian, but also like a paranormal skeptic. Like she's somebody who like, in a very like, kind way, kind of debunks a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and so she did a TED talk where she was talking about like an experience that she had moving into a new house. And like there was this pressure in her chest and she was seeing things and she was feeling a presence and everything was just dread. And she hated going back home and all this stuff. And she was just like, this is obviously haunted. And she did like, you know, she did a sage burning. She, you know, she cleansed her house. She did all this stuff. And then like she contacted this group of like, you know, we can solve your problems, kind of like skeptic paranormal Ghostbusters. group. Ghostbusters. Ow! But they're like, you're not really having ghosts. Have you ever gotten a carbon monoxide alarm? And she was like, no. And so she called the gas company and they came in and she had like, they were like, it's a really good thing you were here today because you would have died tomorrow. Oh my God. Because the symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning are heavy feeling in the chest, sense of dread, um, seeing hallucinations, seeing wow. shadows move. Things like that are all like, and so I'm like, oh, this could explain everything except for the random sigh that happened in my fucking microphone yesterday <laughs> because there was a fucking tiny doll sitting next to me. <laughs> but it did say there were auditory hallucinations too. So you don't have gas here, do you? <laughs> How could you hallucinate and we all hear it? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stop hurting my skepticism. <laughs> Actually, I do think I do. I think I have like the dual um, carbon monoxide 
smoke detectors. Oh, that's genius. Yeah, that's really good. I don't have any gas in my house because I've been scared. I like actually bought a carbon monoxide. <laughs> I think I bought a carbon monoxide warning like alarm thing when I lived in Orlando. <laughs> we didn't even have <laughs> gas at the house. I was so I'd watched some like six o'clock special on the news and I was like, oh my God, we're all going to die. So right. I went and bought this little kitty alarm that was like, oh yes, here's never gone off. Mm. And then I just, you know, because you let the batteries die because they like beep at you all the time and you're like, fuck it, I'll just die. It'll yeah. be fine. Well, Dale Light savings is this weekend, which yes. is also a good time to check the batteries. The, and oh. change, or not check, but change the batteries universally in your smoke detectors. I love this. We're like a public service announcement. Public service announcement. And I think this, that goes since both of our things were on fire oh uh, yes last week so yes definitely daylight savings time use it i'm gonna go through and like renew renew i'm gonna um, renew my batteries i'm gonna renew my just batteries. like i renew my netflix because it's the internet of things everything <laughs> just runs off of like imaginary powers that live in the like ether exactly and take our money i'm almost done with this yes you're getting very like I'm philosophical super, <laughs> i'm like yes i'm like oh yay why doesn't every 10 30 start this way um <laughs> I probably shouldn't refill. <laughs> You're giggly too. Don't even. I probably shouldn't refill yet because I have to tell this story. Um, okay. I'm going <laughs> to. Wow. I was ready for got, it. She's got her cup in her hands. She's like, okay. And then it's like laser focus. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I'm going to tell this real fast. Um, so it's 12 pages long, but I cut out a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm it's glad yours is long because mine's kind of short. Oh, cool. Well, I don't know if it's going to end up long, but like I said, I did. So um, spoiler, I did research Marie Laveau a little bit. You're not going to hear any of that because I didn't research her until like 1145, two minutes before I went to bed last night because I fell asleep <laughs> in a chair because I hadn't done any of this and was ribbed by multiple people this week saying like, I expect something <laughs> great from you today. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Um, That's what you get for being so good. <laughs> so I have like lowered everybody's expectations. So <laughs> I have nowhere to go but up. Shit. Um, so this is a story. Actually, the reason why this was something I could actually put together last night at 1145 is because I almost told it last week. I had gotten like really close to doing this one instead of the upstairs lounge because I spent like two days like reading this book on the upstairs lounge saying like this is too depressing for Mardi Gras because that's what people say when they are about to tell depressing stories. That's what your voice does. You're like, Eeyore. <laughs> but um, yeah, so this one is <laughs> this one is a lot more um, ghostly. Cool. And it's not about dolls. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. <clears throat> So um, primarily my source for this, um, it started as this like haunted in New Orleans, like tour guide thing. I've learned now after being in Savannah, like go to the tour guide things and then find out where their stories actually started because then they like they take these stories and then they change them to fit the houses that they want to take you to. This is what I've discovered now ah. is like they, they will take because actual a lot of stories. These, right. A lot of these other houses are private homes. Mm -hmm. they yeah. Can't have and they can't to... make any money off of them. So right. it's like you, they'll they'll take these stories that really existed and then they'll say like oh this was a slightly different name and a slightly different location and they'll change that and they'll take you to the house and you'll be freaked out and shit and and uh so that's what they did so i found this on a tourism site and then i accidentally found it in a google book which burp um the story was told by aline uh pustiant Pust oh shit drunk also 
Pustanio. I don't know. Italians, maybe? Yes. Aline. Sure. Don't even try and look that up. I'll put it in the show notes because I can't even do it phonetically right now, really. Is it is it Mr. or Mrs.? It's uh, a woman. Okay, so Mrs. P. Mrs. P, mm-hmm. whose name will never come up again because I'm not referring to her anymore. Okay. <laughs> but um, th- there is a book called, I love this. There's a book called um, Real Zombies, The Living Dead and Creatures of the Apocalypse by uh, Brad Steiger. And um, that's what that's the, the Google book that came up when I like, I guess I've done enough magazine work where I'm like, I, if I recognize plagiarism from somewhere, like I can feel it if you've changed your tone somewhere. So I know you, you rip this off of somebody. So I just like put something in quotes, like I put an entire sentence in quotes and Google it mm-hmm. and you find the original source. Oh, yeah. Um, so, oh, it's blatant everywhere with oh my all God, this folklore it's stuff. It's really awful. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't know who really owns it. Well, and that's what folklore is, right? It's just right? people telling the story. It changes. It's not right. like a sin. So um, anyway. um this is the story of little violette from new orleans and here we go um in this telling supposedly this was a story that was told and passed down by um uh, madame poplus who was part of the secret like voodoo society that was created by marie laveau um and her aunt, who was Josephine Mosbury, was one of the seven sisters of new orleans who most i guess a lot of people have heard of but it's like kind of there's it's mostly like a money thing i think like right. they, you you call yourself one of the seven sisters so that you can sell like rescue bags and all kinds of stuff right um but you know they were like clairvoyance and um voodoo or hoodoo depending on who you listen to because people don't know the difference right and um so the story apparently came from her and one of the versions she's actually present and that's the version that was the coolest one so that's the one i'm going to tell you cool. um So there was this little girl who was born into one of the wealthiest families in New Orleans. um, And uh, we'll just call their parents. Like in this story, she called their parents Laurent and Matilda. Um, They were like, you know, rich. They were super rich. Um, Most people believe they lived in this home at the edge of the old quarter. um, And, you know, Laurent wanted to have children and Matilda wanted to have children and they had a really hard time conceiving. And so, um, Laurent went to this guy is this doctor in new Orleans. His name was Dr. Gottschalk. And he it said he was known to all as a physician, surgeon, occultist. And I don't even know how to say that last word. Cause I'm not French. Accoucheur, maybe. He was Which is, I guess, a male midwife. God, right? He was a runner. He did everything. He mm-hmm. was like, I'm science and bullshit. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and um, it's funny because they have this word like accoucheur. And then like the next line in the story was like, when his skills as a physician helped pr- to produce the desired result, which was pregnancy and Matilda. And I'm like, does accoucheur mean like hired sperm donor? Because mm. that's what it kind of sounds like to me. Yeah. One way or another. Under, under the, like, you know, the watchful gaze of this doctor, she becomes pregnant. Um, Pervert. She, she has a child. Me? No. <laughs> I ain't going to deny it. I mean, I'm not going to pretend. But <laughs> Sorry, I was just like, when you tell, when I listen to stories, I have like, I'm playing a movie in my head. So I'm like sitting there like having the doctor watch these two people. Oh, sorry like, about that. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's I'm, a porno now. It is. It is like, I'm, and so <laughs> I just like. a porno in your head. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I, I couldn't control my mouth. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> All right. So uh, now the, the little girl, they, they have a little girl. They name her uh, Violette. 
because she has like beautiful eyes and they're like an amethyst color almost as she's a child. You know, they just everybody dotes on her. They dress her in these beautiful little white gowns. I mean, this super rich little little, you know, French baby. Um, and uh, so everybody's happy. They have this child. Um, and there's a doctor got shock, I guess, for some reason was in charge of getting a nurse for the baby, you know, and, um, he, it says he secured a mulatto woman to provide care for her. So she, she's her nurse. I mean, they're rich people. That's how they do things. Right. Um, so they had someone who watched over her all the time and basically mothered her, I imagine like all the time. And she was spoiled as shit. She got everything she wanted. Um, and like on her birthday, the doctor even, I guess he was close with the family. What with him fucking the wife and everything to have the baby, which we just made up and added <laughs> to the story of folklore. Um, but he he got uh, he had his sister send him from like Philadelphia, this pair of amethyst earrings. And he gave him to the baby as a gift. You know, her name was Violet. She had, you know, purple eyes, which is creepy enough. And um, so, you know, there's everybody's happy, like idyllic story. And so Lorenz, the father's business, like took him to a lot of different places. He traveled a lot. And every time he leaves, this little girl just flips her shit, throws tantrums for days. You know, she always wants to go. She wants him to be around. And, you know, the mother is like, no, you can't take her with you. Like she's a baby and you go to swamps and she's going to get sick. And, you know, don't be ridiculous. Right. And um, so, you know, the, the nurse generally honors the mother's like requests on this but um at one point matilda has a like a what am i gonna say telegram or letter i don't know what the timing is on this so it's a little dodgy i said eleven forty-five. please forgive me um but you know matilda gets word from outside new orleans quite a ways outside that her mother is ill and so she's not going to be able to be there she needs to leave she needs to go take care of her mother and she's gone and um well laurent realizes he has to leave on business also and he really should just leave the baby with, you know, her surrogate mother, who is this nurse that she's always had. But she starts throwing this tantrum. And the nurse is like, oh, I always give her everything she wants. And the dad is like, oh, I always give her everything she wants. And so she gets to go on the trip. She's five years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets up to go on the trip with her dad. So he takes her off. And um, <clears throat> was that me? No, I'm sorry. That was me. I was being the asshole. With no, actually, mom. mine wasn't off either. So here we go. Um so they were gone for like five days and at like dusk on the fifth day, the, um, the carriage comes back into view. It's like coming down and, um, all they could see was like Laurent, like bending over this bundle in the carriage and the nurse runs out and they find like little five-year-old Violette is like horribly, horribly deathly ill. And so of course, like, I'm sure Matilda is feeling something from when she's like, why do I have the sense that I need to take, I like, I told you so like you mm-hmm. stupid bastard. I told you not to take her to <laughs> Yellow the fever. I know, seriously. And, um, that's probably what it was. You know, they immediately sent for the doctor and they ran her inside and, um, the doctor shows up and he looks at her and she's, um, you know, she like she can't move she's all what did they say flaccid i don't usually think of that in terms of certain Limp, anyway child. yeah um and uh you know she said this massive fever and she's got two like bright spots on her cheeks and you know she just keeps on shivering every two minutes and he's like yeah i don't think this is gonna turn out okay like the doctor's talking to talking to her she's probably got malaria he says she's got mm-hmm. scarlet fever she's got something and it's too late. 
So, you know, the doctor sticks around and says, she's going to die tomorrow. I will take care of her tonight. You need to talk to her mom because her mom's still out of town. And, uh, you know, the, the nurses, everybody's just like horrified. And I'm just sitting here thinking like this child who throws tantrums, like everybody's really sad she's dying. So she must not have sucked too bad. But, um, you know, of course the doctor can't save her and, um, she passes away and the entire house is, you know, aggrieved like you should be It's a five-year-old child. And they, um, you know, they take her, she's Catholic. They take her to be buried and, um, you know, she's put to rest. And then the family, like the mother and father just like cannot be consoled. You know, this was like, they've, they've worked for this child. God knows what they did to conceive. Right. And, um, and, you know, Matilda, especially because she wasn't even there is just, absolutely beyond grief like they think she's going insane right like this depression yeah i mean absolutely horrified and so you know they're in awful awful shape and then suddenly like one night dr gottschalk is at his office and the the girl's been dead for three weeks by now and um you know he gets a call he goes to visit the parents he's trying to like medicate them he's trying to you know help them and they just there is nothing he can do um, so he's like, okay. So like one week later, he's at his office and, uh, Laurent comes and he looks like manic. He's like, his face is red and he's like, I have an idea. This is what you can do for me. And so he's heard that Dr. Gottschalk like is not just science, but is also a cult. Right. Well, but, you know, at the time it really makes sense because, mm-hmm. you know, with, part of the culture believing in voodoo uh-huh. um he's addressing the whole community yeah so i mean he's like sense. anybody yeah gotcha mm-hmm. is taking care of everybody and at this point laurent is like i'll take whatever you can give me like right and and you know he's obviously nuts like his child has been dead for a month and he's like running up to this doctor and saying like i have an idea you can do this thing and he's like you can bring her back to life I've heard people can do this. You can bring her back to life. And he's like, that's illegal and also blasphemous. And Uh, I'm not going to do that. And Laurent is like, I can pay you so much money. And he's like, no, like, no, of course I'm not going to do this. And I'm thinking like, you couldn't do this. But, you know, Laurent is like, well, you know, people then, you know, people who can. And Gottschalk just cut him down and said, like, we're not talking about this anymore. Go home to your wife. You're finished. (laughs) You've had enough. (laughs) You're done. You're done. And um, <clears throat> instead of going home, Laurent goes over to Congo Square where they have all the voodoo dances. And, um, you know, he waits and waits and waits. And finally he sees the queen of voodoo, um, Marie Laveau, come outside. And he and this is remembered by um, Madame Papoulouse, who was a child at this time, mm-hmm. who had been at the event. And um, she saw him go up to Marie Laveau, Wouldn't according to the story. Been like amazing, though. Oh, as my a God. Child, I know. Being raised in New Orleans. I mean, assuming that you're you don't die. Yeah. That <laughs> um, yellow fever, scarlet or, fever, or, malaria or are the other many horrible things. Um, just to witness something like that. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, OK. Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, I've, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole this week. I know of looking more about some of this stuff because they keep on talking about like these Congo Square dances that this was the only legal place for black people to dance apparently in New Orleans. And but like they ended up putting on kind of like a voodoo show for white people at one point with that like would devolve into an orgy every night, according to some. And I'm like, who's saying this shit? Like, is this for real? But, um, you know, so that's, you know, they were all there. This, you know, what they were doing. 
And he walks up to Marie Laveau after the event and she just remembers seeing him like walk away with his head hung down. Like she was not going to participate in this either. Right. You know, and like we've talked about with, you know, you talked about it when you talked about root and the differences and things like voodoo and hoodoo and root, they're not exactly the same. And like what Marie Laveau did honestly was be an amazing businesswoman. I really think right. from, oh, from absolutely. what I've seen. Absolutely. But um, also, you know, voodoo is more the religious side of, this stuff and um she was like we have respect for you know life and death there are boundaries you know we're not gonna no of course not and so he walks away and she remembers the little girl remembers seeing him approached by like three or four shadowy figures out in the dark after he leaves and he's all sad so um what he ended up doing was he was approached by um uh, a couple of hoodoo like magicians he was approached by um, what, what do they call it? The Vodouci, I think is what they said. Mm-hmm. And he, they walked up to him and they were like, what were you asking her for? And he explains it to them. And he said, I've got all this money. Like I've got all this money. All I want is my kid back. And they're like, yeah, sure. We can do that for you. So like they go to, and you know, of course it, it didn't say how they did this, but they went to the cemetery and they pulled up her, her coffin Month and old. a month old. Right. And, um, they gave it to these guys and, you and know, in the hot south, it is not oh my been god, I know, kind. yeah. And I just like I think of New Orleans. I always think of vaults. Like I don't even think of coffins. Maybe she's in a vault. I don't know. Well, but either everything's way, above ground because you know because you'll like you're they're below away. Yeah, they're yeah. below sea level. But um, and it, they said that like it was going to take one full moon cycle to do what they needed to do with her. And so Laurent went home and he told Matilda that you know they were waiting and they waited this this time and then as as the moon became full again, they heard this knock at the door and they run over to open it. And the, there's an old matron, an old like hoodoo matron standing there. And, um, she pulls her skirt aside and Violette is standing there next to her, holding her by the hand. And, um, the couple's just absolutely like beyond, you know, up beyond happy. And, Matilda picks up the baby and she grabs her and, and, you know, Violette says her name. And I mean, she has a voice and she can speak and she can respond to people. And um, they tried to get the old woman to come into the house, but she would not step inside the door. And all the servants in the house were like, kind of like circling, like, oh, shit, this is not right. This is not okay. And um, he paid her, you know, this massive amount of money he had promised and she went away. And everybody was really happy, except for, like, all these people who were rightfully suspicious. You know, like, the family was really happy for a little while. Um, but the none of the servants wanted to be around her. Right. Um, the nurse was still supposed to take care of her, but everybody's kind of feeling like there's something really uncomfortable. The child's fucking dead. She's dead. I mean, yeah. Seriously, like, <laughs> you're reanimated. I can't spend time with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have rules in this family. <laughs> but, um... You know, a, a lot of the servants were like, okay, if anything weird starts happening, we're taken off. Like, and, um, and the nurse was terrified, but she's, you know, she's going to take care of her. And the parents, like, Violet starts acting weird, of course. You know, she's not going to be normal. She just got reanimated. Like, it's kind of horrifying. And, um, but the parents are like under a, a spell almost. Mm-hmm. It's like they have their child back and they're just like getting back to normal life. Yeah. And, and they see nothing weird. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what happens, Everything is perfectly Everything normal. Everything else is like, la, la, la. Yeah, la, that's la, exactly la. how they were. So all the yeah. servants are like, these people are clearly 
fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the uh, the servants start find they start hearing things in the night. Like she won't go to sleep. She never sleeps. So they hear footsteps in the nursery all night long. Um, then they start sounding like they start hearing these grunting sounds, and then they start hearing like like the sounds of eating in the middle of the night. Oh fuck! And um. And no one is going to go up there and find out what that is. You know, it's like, nope, nope. It's just like us. We yeah. put the baby doll away. We ask no more questions. No more questions. Everything <laughs> will be fine. That's right. La, but, la, la, um, la. I know. But, um, you know, then the groundskeepers started finding like rats and birds that have been like eaten or skinned or clawed up or and they have human teeth marks in them and they've been hidden under the azalea bushes in the back and none of them will even touch these things that they find. They're like, this is this bad shit. Like we're not, we're not in this. And so, um, they all start thinking like, maybe it's time for us to go, but they were really loyal to the family. You know, they loved, you know, Matilda and Laurent. And so they're like, okay. Extended family. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so they're like, okay, we are, we're going to try and figure out a way to fix this because clearly they're not going to fix it. And we're stuck here if we want to be loyal. And it's kind of like too, you know, I'm sure it's not like an unlimited, you know, bound, like so many opportunities for everybody. I mean, right. they're working for a rich family. Why wouldn't they want to stay? Right. And if something happens to their employers, then they're without a job. Yeah. And it's not a good time in the country to be without a job. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, well, is it ever a good time in the country to no, be without a job? No, not really. So like the, the nurse, the baby's nurse, um, finally goes to Dr. Gottschalk because she, she knows, you know, everybody knows everything. Um, and she's like, this baby, this child, I loved this child, but it's not her. And she has got to be destroyed. And got shocked. Like, I, I don't think even realized that they had done this at this point, you know? Oh, he's still in the dark. He's right. still a little bit in the dark. And he's like, I, I know what happened. And um, so he took the servants, a little crowd of the servants with the nurse to Marie Laveau and said, I can't fix this, but you probably can. And, um, she, when they explained it to her, she was very sympathetic towards the parents. You know, she's like, it, you, your child dies. We understand what emotionally happens to you. You go crazy. But then she's so fucking pissed off because like, this is against her principles that, you know, she said no for a reason. And these people went and did this for money which is, it's one of the things they point out in the story. She was especially angry that it was for money. And I was like, I heard that she used to plant voodoo dolls outside of people's houses just to make them come to her and relieve the curses. So she doesn't have like the moral high ground necessarily. Right, exactly. <laughs> she is a genius businesswoman. Absolutely. But I don't know about that part. But, you know, it, you know, the story goes, she was very, very pissed off about this situation. Um, and it could very well be like a turf war thing, too. Yeah. Because she's like, I said no. You don't fucking go behind my back. Right. And do this when I said no, you know? So, I mean, it's very likely something like that too. Yes. But she said, okay, she's telling them, she gives them some explanations. She tells them some things that they can say. She gives them advice on cleaning and cleansing the house. And then she says, bring this child to me at a certain time. So the mulatto nurse is the only woman who has the guts to go up and even like look at this kid at this point. And she goes up into the room and she like finally somehow she has to fight with her and somehow manages to tie her in a bed sheet and drag her out to meet Marie Laveau. Um, and when she gets there, it's not just Marie Laveau. It's like her and this aunt that I mentioned earlier, who was one of the seven sisters. And, um, and I've already forgotten the name of the woman that was telling the story, but that one with the French name, Mrs. P, Mm -hmm. um, as a child, you know, she was there also because, you know, she's like, 
she's going to need some backup probably. But she's also got two dudes who are holding this old hoodoo woman who brought the child back to them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you better fucking be here for this. Right. And, um, you know, this woman apparently looks just absolutely horrified. And like every time Marie Laveau looks at her, she starts to shake because she is in shit. Right. <laughs> she's in so much shit. Um, so the, the nurse hands over the baby and Marie reassures her you know you will be okay you this is my problem now you know as soon as the nurse hands the baby over to marie laveau like violette starts to freak her shit out inside this bed sheet she throws this massive tantrum like she used to Mm -hmm. throw but now she's got like fucking claws and she's trying to bite people and it was like the sound of a caged animal they said and um she's so marie laveau looks at her and says this is my problem now go home do the cleansing ritual i told you it's it's going to be okay. So um, they knew that the baby never returned. And um, the story was that uh, the the family, like, she was gone. They never asked where she was. It was like they really were under a spell. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody ever talked about it again. It was as though she had never returned. They got pregnant again. They had a son. Life moves on. Everything's fine. Wow. They never saw the baby again. And according to, it's uh, Paploose was the name of the woman that, who was a child at the time. Um, that um, Marie Laveau said, what is dead cannot be killed again. I can't destroy this thing. But she turned around to the woman who made the thing and she's like, you brought the men who did this. This is your problem now. Mm-hmm. You live with her now. All right. You can keep her. And if however you need to keep her confined, you do it. But that is your fucking problem because you created this. Wow. And so um, nobody really knew how the woman managed to do it, but no one ever saw this baby again, this child. Mm-hmm. And... um eventually the woman passed away and there was no sign of the zombie baby um until right before 2005 what there was this couple who was renovating a cottage in the rampart section of um new orleans and when they were they were scraping like this gabled ceiling the plaster on this gable ceiling they were gonna they were redoing everything and there was a little door in the ceiling uh-uh. And it had been painted over and had been plastered, like seriously plastered. Like even after they uncovered it, they were going to have to like seriously get in there with like a crowbar to get it open. And um, they were like, oh, we've done such a good job. We're going to have dinner, go to bed. And late that night, they start hearing like what they thought was like cats yowling all night long. And they would get up and they would go out to the front porch and there's nothing there. They can't figure out where it's. There's no cats. And um, in the nights following, they start hearing like grunts and scratchings and they're thinking fuck like our house has rats our house has raccoons Mm -hmm. like we've got a pest problem so the weekend comes around and it's time to start the renovating work again and they're they're like okay well maybe this rat problem has to do with this trap door maybe they're in the attic so they like take the crowbar and they pull up in the attic and they look up and they see like there's piles of bird bones up there there's like rusty metal plates there's um like rags and everything in a pile and then they see this, what looks like this old doll, like laying up in the attic. Fucking dolls. They said it was the child. I know. I forgot actually that that was the way they said it. So mm-hmm. sorry. It is yeah. totally doll related. It was the size of a young child, mm-hmm. you know, like you might've expected by now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it had these amethyst earrings on. Uh... And um, so they, they were really disturbed by this. You yeah. know, they thought it was a doll, but it was like there, I'll, put a picture in the show notes because there is actually a picture that was provided in this story oh shit and it looks like like a mummified thing and i did like i did google image search and i was like okay clearly they stole this picture from some something you know right. 
and I can't find it. Like it's in this story and that's it. It's in this story. So I don't know what that says, but, um, so they're disturbed by it, but they hadn't really decided what they were going to do about it. You know, they like closed up the attic and they're like, let's just pretend this never happened. And then Hurricane Katrina comes and they have to evacuate. Mm -hmm. And, um, when they come back, they look at their house and this chinaberry tree that was in the front yard has collapsed and crushed the top of the house and left a gaping hole in the attic. And when they went up and looked, there was no doll. There was nothing there. Um, there was the pile of rags. There was the clothes that she had been wearing, which were all tattered. There was like a lace gauze cover on her face. And that was there. There were piles of bird bones and there was no baby. And the end of the story was basically like, it said, you can't kill what's already dead. Have fun in New Orleans. <laughs> Never go to New Orleans again. <laughs> Shit. I have to pee so bad. Okay. We'll okay. take a break. Let's take a break. That was so good. <laughs> Sorry. Missed that lovely burp. All right. Get my headphones back on. You know, I was actually going to say something about the uh, movie that's filming here. <laughs> oh. Like, hey, yeah, there's yeah. a movie filming here. It doesn't really matter, though. No, We've mean, used a lot of time, so we can talk about it next week. Well, I mean, or not like I said, all. mine's very short, so let's go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Talk about it while I look for my story. Um, Are we on? Am I talking about it right now? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm fucking around on Snapchat. So, um... Yeah, I was going to mention at the opening of the show that, like, one of the fun things that's happened around here is that they're filming a movie in town. And we live in a small town, so it's, like, super cool because there's nothing else to do around here but, like, try and stalk movie stars. Right. And apparently our town looks like 1960 Southern Ohio. That's true. Yeah. I mean... Well, they, they took over our old stone, like, police station right. for a day and took, yeah, like, 1960s, like, early 1960s style, like, police cars they had parked outside the front, like, door. and Right. But it's, what's the movie is uh, The Devil All the Time. Which I got to read the book now. Yeah, I didn't realize. So it's a book. It's based on a book. And it's going to be released by Netflix. I don't know when it's going to be released. Right. Probably. Um, I would think maybe in the yeah i mean the turnaround's fairly short on stuff like that i think for Mm -hmm. like i think the distribution and marketing tend to be like the things that take this huge amount of time trying really hard not to burp so anything weird my voice is doing (laughs) like (laughs) um but (laughs) but uh yeah so it had uh let's see who's in it tom something do you know this tom one oh tom not huddle no, not Huston. No, sexy I, I man. might have stalked him. Yes. Um. No, Spider Man, the young Spider Man. Okay, but he's British, right? Probably. Okay, so that guy. It starts with an H, maybe. Anyway. Yeah. I don't really care is what it comes down to because I'm right. forty. You know. Exactly. I mean, he's a baby. He and a baby. um, <laughs> there's uh, let's see, Bill Skarsgård. Yes. Who was, as we determined while sitting at the coffee shop the other day, mm-hmm. the creepy Skarsgård, not yes. the bald Skarsgård no. or the hot Skarsgård, the hot one, right? Um, or the, and the Viking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the creepy Skarsgård. Yes. Uh, and and then there's the guy from um the marvels movie that's the winter soldier that's captain america's best friend bucky Bucky. yep i didn't know that yeah he's in it too oh cool 
I'm a bad celebrity stalker. Um, I don't know any females in it. It's it's all male. And it's like 1960s, like yeah, crime true. drama. So there were just no females. No like females. they're the dead ones, probably. Exactly. I'm just gonna guess that they're the dead ones. <laughs> exactly. That makes That's the movie probably... way less interesting. But whatever. Right. Um. Yeah. So we we all kind of like hung out at our coffee shop which is right around the corner from like which is like three steps away from the police station right nonchalantly like we do this all the time i know we're like and and we kind of do but we kind of don't we don't spend eight a hours lately. a day <laughs> no not anymore that's coffee. all i'm here for god i'm so cool i'm so much cooler than that <laughs> exactly um but <laughs> I didn't I didn't go at like whenever they actually were filming in the evening and there was apparently a shit ton of people out there oh really watching yeah looking for pictures and I never saw pictures I didn't either I I didn't see anybody post pictures yeah which is totally weird I saw pictures of them filming in Aniston Mm -hmm. um by the peerless but I didn't see any pictures of them filming here so anyway um yeah, if you're interested in what our town may or may not look like as an Ohio 1960s Ohio town, town, right? Um, you know, look that up whenever it comes out. Yeah, and, and I'm sure we'll review it once you know. Yeah, it comes we out really should. We, yeah. we should. We should review it because um, it's supposed to be a horror. horror it's a horror flick? film. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a horror film. I, well, it's got I, creepy scars. It's got. Whatever. I know. I figured anything that had creepy scars guard in it was yeah. going to be like, um, yeah, definitely a horror film. I I read like a bit of a synopsis. Mm-hmm. of the book and all i read was something about somebody crying over a bleeding prayer log i don't even understand what that sentence means though okay so weird sentence yeah. i mean yeah creepy religious shit whatever perfect and serial killers and southern gothic southern gothic yeah so that's yeah. what we're gonna be looking at but yeah now i'm gonna hang out at the coffee shop more though because it's been forever since i've been there and i'm like oh I remember what this was like. And National Poetry Month is starting soon. So I will be there a lot because that's where I do my work. Oh, that'll be exciting. Mm -hmm. Onward. Onward. Okay. So for once, I keep waiting for you to do like something like fluffy puppies or. That's not what we're here for. I know. Or (laughs) something that's just, you know, not going to end. And we do not know where the doll is. She's fucking me up. <laughs> she's regretting ever asking me to do this. <laughs> I take this shit seriously. <laughs> throwing a couple of chupacabra in there or something. Oh, I you know what? Know. I may take you up on that. I, I, you know what? Nick, if you want fluffy puppies, I'll bring my daughter in to tell ghost hunting stories because she's all about this shit. Like she's all about cryptids and chupacabras and you know, right. yeah, she's got more ghost books than I do. Uh, okay. Lord, if my son ever caught wind of any of this, we'd be moving. I really need to have a talk with them and make sure that he, they don't like out us. Because he's like me. He pictures it. When you're telling, he's like has it pictured in his mind. And if it's fucked up, he's going to replay it over and over and oh, over again. I don't want to do that. I don't want to break him. Because I can still see, you know, the witch sitting on top of that person that's decaying and yeah okay onward that means you're still watching a porno a doctor porno in your head absolutely <laughs> i can i can multitask <laughs> onward onward so i decided to go back to my home state mississippi and actually we lived in tupelo mississippi and i heard about this 
place, but I didn't know it was so close to us when we lived at Tupelo or I may have gone and visited. And I may still go back. But one of the things as a child growing up in Mississippi, and like I said earlier, we used to live in Vicksburg. Um, we used the Natchez Trace. Oh, you've talked about this a lot. Yes. yes. So if, if nobody, if you don't know what the Natchez Trace is, it is right now, it is a roadway that has no stop signs. There are no stop signs on it. And you can go from Natchez, Mississippi, all the way to Nashville with no stopping. The, the catch is you have to go 50 miles an hour and they do patrol it. And if you get a ticket, it's a federal ticket because it's federal land. Oh, wow. So it's like, you know, you don't want to get pulled over on the Natchez Trace because um, it's federal. But it's really cool. People from all over the world come to, like, bike it. It has several, like, hiking trails. And when we lived in uh, Tupelo, there's a running trail that my husband and his friends would always go running. And it runs right by one of the burial grounds there. Oh, and my husband. Has Are we talking Indian burial grounds? Indian burial grounds. Oh yes. yeah, red flag number one. Yes, and so, um, and of course, my husband who has traveled, you know, late nights from Memphis to Tupelo, playing gigs, and he would always listen to Coast to Coast and totally creep himself out, you know, coming back in rural Mississippi in the dark, you know, and when he was coming back, um, and we were living, we were living in just like middle of nowhere nowhere mississippi so not only were we living in nowhere mississippi we were living in the middle of nowhere <laughs> nowhere mississippi i mean this is like way out and so it was you know these two lane highway two lane back roads that he'd have to take you know at three in the morning and listening to coast to coast which again if you don't know about coast to coast it's basically talking about all the creepy shit mm -hmm. you know that kind of we, we're talking about and it's a really old show and it's really good but um, it's still on didn't we it's find still that out on. yeah it is it is still on the original guy i think had died and um his co-host took over mm. um but it's still alive and kicking and i haven't listened to it recently but he would hate he refused to like travel on the natchez trace because his car would fuck up or something would happen that would freak him out mm. and I've always like associated the trace like he always had bad feelings on the trace where I always had good feelings on the trace like I love the trace mm -hmm. um I would love traveling on it it's so peaceful um you know I, I never had and I don't know if I'm just being naive because the trace has a really long history. The trace has been around for thousands of years, actually. And Whoa. It started out as, and this is like before, um, they don't even have, like, this predates, like, uh, the discovery of America, basically. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. And it, it was a trail that was created by, like, a lot of the herd, like, deer and a lot of the animals, they created kind of this natural trail. Mm -hmm. And the Native Americans uh, would use the trail. They'd use these trails when they would go off hunting herds of bison and deer and whatnot, you know, to feed um, their families and stuff. So, you know, it's been used for centuries. Uh, it was later used by the, you know, early Europeans and American explorers because obviously it goes from, it starts in Natchez, which is on the Mississippi River. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it kind of catty corners all the way through Mississippi. It goes across the um, Cumberland and Tennessee rivers. So it like connects all these river waterways before um, 
there were any kind of like major boats, steamboats and stuff going up the rivers transporting goods. Okay. So, you know, so there's like this natural road that the um, first was created by the animals and then Native Americans later used. It's 440 miles long. Mm. Um, And it's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Like it's just one long road um natural or a national forest kind of park situation oh that does sound nice and and there's all kinds of like you know you'll go off they'll have like little side scenic overviews or they'll have like a little park and you can go camping so it's it's very it's really nice but in the early days um it was like because people were using it to travel from you know one side of um, like eastern uh, United States to the south it was like traveled by a lot of merchants and stuff and anywhere you got a lot of people going you're going to have a lot of like pirates and bootleggers and gangs wreaking havoc on the trace as well it's so weird the number of times that we've talked about pirates on it because I never really thought of pirates as a real thing and I know that they are and they were and everything but it's just like pirates yeah I think it's just a name that we just don't really use when we talk about just violent thugs maybe yeah I mean they are they're like they're river robbers yeah (laughs) yeah that's exactly what they are um so anyway just south of Tupelo Mississippi um there's a sign on the trace that says witch dance oh my god this is super cool already (laughs) it's really weird right (laughs) yes it is so right now witch dance is actually like a campground but it's also, of course, claimed to be one of the most haunted places in the Magnolia State. And I'm sure there are a lot of satanic rituals that happen there also. Well, we will find out. So um, this area, like before it was settled, even by Native Americans, there was the original inhabitants in that area were of the Hopewell culture. Okay. Which is weird because I've never heard about the Hopewell no. culture. And they flourish from 200 B.C. to 500 A.D. So this is how far back we're talking about. Wow. Their descendants would eventually become the Chickasaw and Choctaw tribes, which were abundant in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Native Americans talk about these Hopewell Indians that came over from Mexico. So they escaped oppression um, of the time in Mexico and they came to the area and they're carrying bones of their ancestors with them. So really ancient, like predating native Americans kind of even, um, at this time. And let's see. So a lot of the bones became part of the great mounds that you can see when you're, you know, Indian mounds. We have so many Indian mounds Mm -hmm. here in the South that you can see. And there's several of these mounds that you can visit um, kind of as roadside attractions. And one of the big mounds is like right there in Tupelo that my husband like jogs around and over. Uh, That's so weird. That, weird. That, that is like you go over them and you go like, it's like, I feel so strange. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and my husband, yeah, of course, he's like, he's like a lot of people. He's like, I don't want to invite that stuff in. I don't want to piss anybody off. I want to be very respectful of the mm-hmm. dead. And, yeah. And, and you know their areas but again i'm going to like jog past their dead so you know <laughs> so let's see 
paleo in this paleo Indian group first inhabited the area around which dance and obviously is is uh, responsible for constructing these are called binum mounds um hmm. and these mounds are located between witch dance and houston mississippi i'm looking that word up now sure binum okay go ahead oh fine yeah i'll let you know i'll let you know if i Sorry, find I'm, out I'm anything i'm kind of looking at my notes because i am not as uh, talented as Marlene. Shut up. Bynum Mount. Because, well, because there's a there's like a road around here that's Bynum Leatherwood Road, and I always thought it was somebody's last name. And I'm well, like, I've, I'm I've like... known several Bynums actually. Yes. Okay. So according to legend, so we're talking about the Hopewell people, um, that their leader carried around a sacred bag and a medicine stick, and they were accompanied by a white dog, and this white dog would kind of like guide them the, the medicine man and or the leader and this white dog would guide the people when they're coming from mexico you know when to camp and when to push on and the leader each night would plant a, the medicine stick in the ground and they would just like camp around it and then once the stick would like move then they knew it was time to go and whichever way it pointed that's the way that the leader and his dog would take them. Huh. Um, and the white dog was used basically to help the people like forage for berries and food um, along the way. So eventually the stick pointed straight up and down and that indicated that they arrived at their new home. So this is like a Native American tale telling about how these Hopewell people came to inhabit the area around Witch Mound. Do you think that, like, I wonder if there was ever, like, this, like, the skeptical, like, Native American who's like, mm, Bullshit. I question your leadership abilities. <laughs> I don't know, because they were pretty ruthless back in the day, mm. just like Christianity. If you doubt it, you die. <laughs> if you doubt, you burn. <laughs> exactly. So I, I don't know. Or either they just had such respect for this person that they just. You know, what else are they going to do? Yeah. You well, know, did they have a better method? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, like, well, and it's like, it's well, so weird. Well, if you can do better, George, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> George the Indian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's so trumps the joke I was about to make. Sorry. So I'm not even going to say Sorry. it. Sorry. amazing. <laughs> yes. So right. in this group, sorry, in this group, um, there were two men, brothers, and one was the Choctaw, and the other one or was called Choctaw, and the other one was called Chickasaw, which is spelled a little bit different than Choctaw and, and Chickasaw. Yeah, I was going to say, um, are, are we but, talking about, like, these these the progenitors of tribes and right. stuff? Okay. So these uh, later brothers, um, they discovered the land, um, could not support all the people, so they took two groups of people and, you know, like I said, the Ch Chocksaw took half the people and departed to the north and eventually became the Ch uh, Ch uh, Chickasaw, sorry, Chickasaw. It's so, it's so close. It's Chickasaw. Chickasaw and Choctaw. Right. So the brother who was named Chickasaw took half the people up north and that tribe became the Chickasaw tribe. Oh, good. And it then, would be really confusing if that tribe became the Choctaw tribe. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then and then Chata, which was the other brother, took the remaining near the mounds um, and they were known as Choctaw. Okay, so it's really weird. So all of this is happening. Honestly, it never like had a smooth segue as far as witch dance goes, like the story behind like why witches supposedly started showing up here. Um, 
but apparently it became a gathering place for witches. And I don't know what Native American people would call witches. I was just going to say, I was like, like witches. Are, are they the evil something or are they medicine people or, or, or what is, you know, cause we're, I don't know as far as timeline goes, is this is like the time that Salem came around mm-hmm. and that people are uh, immigrating in further inland um, or coming up from New Orleans or, or, or what's happening here. So mm-hmm. a little bit, the, the history to me is kind of muddled mm-hmm. here. But of course, this is all folklore that I've grabbed off of um, the parks site and some of the other uh, tourist sites. Okay. Okay. So... So it says, basically, uh, the area is steeped in legend and superstitions because the witches later began to gather at this place near where they settled. And um, they celebrated in order to improve their abilities at this place. So maybe it's like a ley line there. I don't know. Um, And they would feast and dance throughout the night. And the lore has it that wherever their feet touched the ground with their dance, the grass would die. Oh, and it would never grow again. That's I don't like that kind of witch. They should the grass should grow where the witch's feet. Right, but we're obviously not talking Wiccans here. Right, and we're also probably talking um, witches from a pure male viewpoint. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, Right. (laughs) Yeah, who's in charge of the narration here? Exactly. Yeah, witches from a pure male viewpoint. So like. Girls who get naked and dance, or just and don't think have differently, sex with you. or don't yeah. perform, yeah, and don't have sex with you, right? And make fun of your big nose. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking big Puritan noses. I know. So these witches, um, where these witches came from, it, it's always been a mystery. But this is kind of the lore around um, witch dance. The Choctaw and Chickasaw Indians in the area immediately begin to avoid avoid those uh, places so this happened like a really long time ago this wasn't like you know there were little towns everywhere this is like in the middle of nowhere right off the natchez trace that was widely used by native americans in this little place where the grass stopped growing um and witches apparently danced was avoided because it became like known as a place of evil Mm. all right so travelers and traders also perplexed by the barren spots on the earth um and they, of course, had more to fear because if they're traveling with their goods, there were plenty of thieves and killers on the trace, such as, and we always have a group of assholes, right? Such the as, booger gang. Yes. <laughs> Very close. So, and again, this is right around the Revolutionary War. Um, the Hart brothers, Joseph, uh, Thomas Hare, and Samuel Wolfman Mason. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I bet he was a ladies' man. <laughs> Samuel Wolfman. Wolfman. Yes, I'm, I'm sure that was where the name came from. Often they often like would rob um, and kill along the trace, and they were like known as remorseless butchers and. Uh, you know, thought to have been damned for eternity to wander the streets of Natchez. So basically this, much like the Booger Gang, you know, this <laughs> um, gang of outlaws who found each other. So a bunch of psychos found each other. They're out also um, known as like, you know, river pirates and went and they operated like in Kentucky and Kansas. And so they were all over the place, just wreaking havoc 
and they're considered the earliest uh, documented serial killers oh, in the oh. U.S. Yep. Okay, so... Oh, my God. We need to look more into that. I know. I really do. When I, when <laughs> I started reading all this and how it relates to witch dance, <laughs> and this is going to be... It's going to be interesting coincidence I'm just going to tell you about. Um, so the brothers um, obviously were probably insane and they would murder you at the slightest like insult or, you know, elbow budge or something. And <laughs> one of like Big Harp uh, apparently killed Major John Love merely because he snored too loud. So Were they sleeping together? Good question. <laughs> good question. <laughs> I do not know. Uh, brothers also didn't kill, uh, didn't care who they killed. They murdered women and children, and they would often just dismembered the bodies. So I think oh. this is probably why they were labeled as serial killers because they killed strictly for the pure joy of it, and then and the joy of dismembering. And whatnot. oh my god, yes, psychos. Yes, very much psychos. Uh, at some point prior to his death, Big Harp was traveling along uh, the Natchez Trace with an Indian guide who showed him the bare spots on the ground and told him of the legend of witch dance. And so, of course, Big Harp was like, bullshit, and began, you know, leaping from spot to spot, daring the witches to come out and frighten him. He's like, these witches will fuck me. Like, that's, that's totally what he's thinking. Right? And then I'll murder them and dismember them. <laughs> So, of course, nothing happened then, but eventually he made his way back to Kentucky where he was tracked down by a posse, and this is in 1799, um, and to get revenge for uh, him murdering, his gang murdering this guy's wife, uh, the when Big Harp was killed, he cut off his head and he nailed it to the tree. Kind of as like a oh. big fuck you, you piece of garbage shit. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to sever your head and stick it to a tree, which must have been like awful. It just smelled awful and just gross. Oh my God. No, no sympathy there for Big Heart. But I mean, just they did not fuck around. They're like, crows are going to eat your eyeballs. Well, you that's know. super biblical. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, we're just following the God's true word. Right. Eye crows for will eye. eat your eyes. And head. That's the part that they always leave out of the children's story about (laughs) David and Goliath is the part where the crows come and eat Goliath's eyes. Mm -hmm. Flies lay maggots. Ah. So later the skull was said to be removed by a witch who ground the powder and used it as a potion to heal a relative. Oh, she turned bad into good. Yeah, so I have newt skull of killer (laughs) I have newt skull of asshole. (laughs) I like that better. <laughs> Obviously, word got around, and you know, travelers were retelling the story along the trace. And when they would retell it, they, you know, swore they could hear cackling and laughter come behind bushes and stuff. So today, you can still see these scorched spots are still there, and you can actually camp near them. Uh, nothing grows in that place where they're scorched, and many people obviously continue to avoid that area and fear you know going anywhere close to the indian mounds on dark dreary nights i know (laughs) so it's actually if you want to know where it is which dance is located on the natchez trace parkway at milepost 233.2 
And it's a bicycle-only campground, which sounds pretty cool. Oh. And it's a staging area for a horse trail um, that goes through the Tom Big B National Forest. So reason love the Natchez Trace um, is that it's you can do so much stuff out there. And it's just really, there's no, like, billboard signs. There's no... Uh, lights, street lights, or uh, it gets very dark. So if you go there at night, you're, you, do, you do not have street lights. It's just dark. It's like olden days dark Wow, kind of stuff. Um, and you have to go 50, and there's roadside parks, and there's bathrooms along the way that you go to at your own risk. <laughs> um, don't get murdered. Don't get murdered. Uh, so, but yeah. It's still used today, and uh, definitely if you get the chance to take the parkway. We used to travel the parkway every single day taking um, our son to daycare. We would just hop on it because it was the fastest way. We'd, you don't have to stop. I mean, you do have to go 50, but you don't have to stop, and it's... <laughs> <laughs> I've got the hiccups. I'm really sorry. I'm trying to cover my mouth. <laughs> like trying it's to the listen. fastest way from point A to point B. But again, I love the trace. It's absolutely gorgeous. And as I've taken the trace from um, Starkville, Mississippi, uh, another place we used to live, all the way down to Jackson. I don't know if I've taken it all the way to Natchez. I have taken it from Starkville, actually from Tupelo to uh, Nashville, which is very interesting. There's so much gorgeous stuff along the way. And you go over some of these fantastic bridges that you really don't think anything about until you look over and you realize that you're on top of a mountain going from one mountain to the other. And the highway is like way down below you. And it's like little cars about like this big down there. And you're like, holy shit, stay on the road. Oh, wow. That sounds awesome. <laughs> but it's now amazing. I want to go to there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I highly recommend it. It's, you know, I'm. It's ancient, a lot of Indian burial grounds. Uh, one <laughs> night, um, my husband got stuck out there uh, jogging, and he took a lot longer than he, he used to, like, just drop me off and then come pick me up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe because we had one car at the time, but I remember uh, he was out there about four, and he wanted me to come pick him up, and it got dark at, like, five, and it got darker a lot sooner than he thought it was. And he's out there by the the um, Indian mounds and stuff. And so he had to run the, past those and go into the forest to get to where I was parked. Oh, my in God. In the pitch dark. And not only is he doing that, I'm sitting in my car, like, at the little... In the forest, in the it, pitch it, dark. Right, right on the edge of the forest, <laughs> of the pitch dark, like, with my doors locked, waiting for him to come back, not knowing what's happened, because his phone has died, and I can't get a oh hold of him, and he's, like, late, and... I'm sorry. I'm not fucking getting out of the car and going <laughs> looking for him. Like I'm like one step from like calling, you know, the cops or the highway patrol and saying my husband's lost. And about that time, this like figure comes stumbling out of the woods. I'm like, fuck, please be chat. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was, but it was just like, it had all the setup to be like a horror film right there. And Chad was like, I am never doing that again. 
So. I want to. I'm going to ask him about that next time we hang out. I'm going to ask. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to ask him to tell his version of the story. You it's going to be, be about like 45 minutes long. Oh, oof, and I'm going to love 30. it. Yes, <laughs> it'll be very entertaining. He's yes. a good storyteller. He's, he's a long storyteller. He's, he's a, long... a great storyteller. He's super fun to listen to. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, yay, yeah. So that's my witch's dance, which I really think we need to let go explore. We have so many. Again, put it on my imaginary map that I got to make. We have a lot of um, my friend who runs the goat house in Montgomery. Yes. Which is my favorite place to go in Montgomery. Um, reiterated again this week that he wants us to come down and do an on location there oh, at fun. the goat house. Which, and I can remind you that like we thought he was a ghost the first time we saw him. So that's, oh, a total, yeah. that's a fun story. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, like. We've got an on location list that's like yes. growing really, really quickly. I'm excited about but this. But we like have day jobs and shit. So yes. we're trying to figure out that day stuff. jobs and children. Day jobs and children. Yes. And children who like probably don't need to be exposed to nightmare inducing stories on Ex- a regular basis. Exactly. And definitely not taken to bars. Right. Well, I mean, I think Maybe my kids would probably over. charm a bar like in five seconds but and max if he threw on his dance moves man Man, he would totally actually our kids would rock a bar we need to reconsider yeah (laughs) it's true it's like don't give our kids alcohol they're the super coolest kids in the world absolutely so yeah anyway so well you know future future Future. we're thinking we're thinking ahead absolutely so please check us out on facebook um we are at the strange south podcast and we are also on Instagram at the Strange Self Podcast on Instagram. Like us, tell us stuff. I think we're fisting to after this cut maybe a listener's lore. Woo! Check out our website at um, thestrangesouth.com. We have all our episodes there. We're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and a bunch of other ones. Stitcher. Uh, something radio, something iHeartRadio. Uh, yeah, we're maybe on iHeartRadio. Oh, and apologies to you, Spotify people, for yes. like there was a weird snafu a couple of weeks ago. Maybe I don't know. Something happened. It's fixed. We're controlled. Right. Listen to us on Spotify. You're listening to us on Spotify right now in the future. <laughs> I'm gonna... well, okay. I'm... Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to y'all soon. I have nude skull of asshole. <laughs> <laughs>